Hi, this is Regaline Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me Podcast. My guest today is Maya McNulty. Maya McNulty is the CEO and founder of Up The Biz Marketing, PR and Welcome. Hi, Gigi. You froze on me a little bit, but that's okay because I can uh, fall right into this story. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Gigi, and I really appreciate your platform. First, I want to say thank you, everyone, for listening, and I hope today that my story gives you hope and inspires you in some way. Gigi and I met on Clubhouse, and she realized that I was a person that she needed to connect with and that her audience too will find great value in what we're going to be talking about today. I'm a COVID survivor, but prior to being a COVID survivor, you know, I was a mom. I am a mom. I'm a wife. Um, I'm a two-time best-selling author. I was speaking on national stages. I was hosting classes on how to help nonprofits to be able to maximize fundraising by thinking like an entrepreneur. I basically was unstoppable. I was in my element and I felt that nothing could stop me until one day that I went to the gym and changed my work up out. I changed my workout up and COVID hit me in the sauna. While I was in the sauna, it hit me in every crevice of my body, through my eyes, my nose, my mouth, my skin. I didn't feel well, and I left that sauna not too far in, uh, maybe 10 minutes, because I couldn't differentiate whether it was the heat making me ill or was it something in the sauna. And we had an outbreak at the gym, but I really didn't pay attention to it because, you know, like Ebola or H1N1, I didn't think it would happen to me. And that particular day I went home and I said to my husband, I don't feel well. Well, the following morning it was a hard night of diarrhea, body chills, fever, high, high fever, 101, 102, 103. So much that I'm not one to go to a hospital or to the emergency room. And I drove myself while my husband was at the um, work. He went to work that morning. And later that night, <coughs> and you can tell I'm still battling bronchitis for a uh, third time in one year. But uh, he came to the emergency room and the global shutdown had already started. And I didn't know that because I was not paying attention to my surroundings. And I went into the hospital and I said, they're going to let me out, honey. Um, just go to CVS and get my scripts for me. They're sending my scripts over and they're letting me out after the second bag of IV. Now, knowing that I'm a person that felt really dehydrated and I had no prior medical conditions, I should have been flagged that why is my body requiring two bags of IV? And that should have been an inclination. And this is the thing, guys. It came down to these three things. One is I was challenged when I was in the hospital. I was challenged because I couldn't get the right treatment. One was I asked for the COVID test and I was asking for gold. It was something that they did not want to give. 
but they end up giving after they tested me for pneumonia and I tested negative and they thought, okay, there's something more. Now I am so appreciative of healthcare workers. They are amazing. They're earth angels. They saved my life. I am forever grateful. I'm forever grateful from basically the janitor to the CEO because everyone took care of me when my family could not be there because of the global shutdown. So we're faced with challenges, right? And how do we reflect on those challenges? The challenge for me was how <coughs> was I going to survive this? And I had a choice. I either could pray and hope and fight because I had to learn to eat, walk, and talk again. I have two scars here, one on my neck, on my chin, um, because I was being tube fed through my nose and so and being prone. So they caused me some scars here, the two ventilator and trach scars. And then I have two on my belly from being tube fed. I had a choice. I could either say, God, I don't want to live here on earth as a vegetable anymore, or I could um, fight and know that I'm stronger than I think that I can do it. I took my first six steps on May 5th. <laughs> I wasn't sure what happened to me. When I went into the hospital, I thought I'm going in with co co coronavirus and I came out of the hospital with COVID-19. I'm like, I have that too? What the heck is that? And you know, the world had shut down. So I didn't see the um, more trucks. I was in a coma at the time. I was in a coma for 30 days on a ventilator for six weeks and um, intrigued for six weeks. I had to learn to eat, walk, and talk again. It was painful. And the shards of glass in my body from all the medication and from just surviving this evil evilness, I didn't want to live. And I didn't know that my family was already praying so hard. And my parents and my husband and my daughter were coming to say goodbye to me on Zoom, but the doctors had told them expect the worst. It's heart-wrenching to know that one minute you're really healthy and you're unstoppable, and then this thing can stop you dead in your tracks and put you on your back. But I chose not to stay there, and that's when I tell you about choices. We have choices that we could either stay down, lay there, and it be just that, or we can fight. Fight for our hope, our humility, our humanity, our love, our belief, and for others, because gosh, if my daughter ever said goodbye to me on Zoom, which I'm so heart, it's heartbreaking. I'm so heart prone, torn from learning about how many people had to say goodbye to their families on Zoom or have never seen them because they were lost on a morgue truck. These are true stories and they're hurtful. And we all have things that have happened to us in our life. The other thing I thought, if I didn't share my story, such as being invited on Gigi's platform, where I'm so grateful to be able to share, the consequence would have been me keeping my voice, you know, shut, keeping my mouth quiet. And I know that people wanted to hear my story to give them hope and survival, to give them that network of someone that they could say, I'm not alone. And God put me on this journey now, I believe, because my path was, I thought, the limelight of being on national stages to share fundraising secrets and my favorite quotes for entrepreneurs and being a book and two-time best-selling author. And that was vanity. 
that was me coming from insignificance. And now I feel very significant because God said to me, it's not happening to you. It's happening for you. And I wanted to let people know that how when things are happening for you, you make the choice to pivot, to make the change. If we continue to have the change in our life that we don't adjust to, that's the same outcome we'll get every day, right? There's a quote that I really enjoy. It's nothing changes unless you do or we do. Um, and I hope that resonates. And so Gigi, I thank you so much for the platform and to sharing. And I hope that this pivots somebody's mindset to think that they could do more and they could be more if they just believe in themselves and give hope to others, be that light of beacon. Amen. Your story is truly inspiring. Thank you for sharing that with us, Maya. And you are truly a miracle. The fact that you're still here is, is truly a miracle. And thank God you're able to use your voice. You know, I lost my voice for seven months and my voice coach, I had speech uh, therapy in the hospital for eight months. Um, I had voice pathology therapy for seven months because I lost my voice post COVID. And my voice coach for stage, I said to him, Eric, he sent me a message and he's like, hey, how you doing Rockstar? I'm like, I don't feel like a rock star. I feel like rocks are being thrown at me. And I said, I lost my voice. I, I'm not going to be able to speak. And he said to me, you could never lose your voice. And what I realized in his words was my voice is amplified. That I have been given this microphone, this platform, this stage to save lives to tell my story, to let them know that they're not alone, that they can, too can be someone's beacon of hope and light. And with my voice as part of their team, as part of their sounding board, as part of something to lean on, I am so grateful for that. And if you ever need me, I'm just a few clicks away. I answer all my calls, all my messages. I do it all because I believe in you and I believe in giving you um, that extra glimpse of hope. You know, we, we sometimes just say, I have hope, but what does that truly mean? You know, some of us, you know, Gigi, I was really moved by your story because we all experience things differently. And empathy is something that unless you experienced what I experienced, the empathy is there, but it's not truly there. Just like in your story, I empathize and someone can empathize. But unless they're in that real same situation, they can only express empathy and empathize. But they really, truly are not knowing of what it is because they didn't experience it. And when you experience it, it's a whole new level of survivorship. Amen. Very uplifting. Thank you. Now, tell us more about the nonprofit you started, Nonprofit COVID Wellness LLC. Oh, thank you so much for asking. Uh, so we started to form the board um, on the COVID wellness. Um, the doctor that traked me and put my ventilator on, um, he's on the board. And I told him one day, I asked one, during one of my checkups, I said, Dr. Khan, can I ask you something personal? with my squeaky mouse voice, because at the time I had lost my voice. <laughs> he says, sure, Maya, what is it? And I said, I'm going to start a 501c3 called COVID Wellness. Would you be on the board? 
And he was so thrown by the question that I asked for his help when he helped me that he was delighted and said, there was nothing more than an honor for me to be able to do that. And I said, of course, I'm not going to do it till I'm well and much healthier. But I, we did form the 501c3 in pending. We have a 501c3 federal ID number. New York is a little different for 501c3s. They used to be free. Everyone can open them. But now we've gotten stringent laws because of people being able to cause fraud. It ruins everything, whether it be for medical to prescription to 501c3s that you want to give back. So <coughs> the more people we find being honest and truly to the cause will get us all being able to serve more. I'm not blaming anyone or pointing any fingers, but for me, when I opt, when I'm uh, graduating, I always use a word that's going to be uplifting. When I, as I'm graduating from medical care, physical therapy, speech therapy, voice pathology, ENT, as I graduate from each of these steps, um, I'm celebrating, but I'm also um, phasing out of care that I need. And uh, long haulers, is, there's so many unknowns, and there's so many people that throw in their little um, stake in the health fitness um, recovery. But again, we talk about empathy, they can empathize, but unless they truly went through what you've gone through, they don't understand the brain fog that a long hauler is going through. They don't understand the sleepless nights of insomnia. It's not just insomnia. The tremors, the vibrations, the loss of voice, the loss of hair. I lost all my hair. My hair used to be down here. And now it's I've got four inches and I keep pulling on it because I'm like, it's growing, it's growing, it's exciting. But on the top, you know, I've got some bald spots and stuff, and that's okay. My skin sometimes feels um like shards of glass. I'm having heart palpitations. They'll do the EKGs and find nothing, but you know as a long hauler that you, that it does exist. The rashes, the skin rashes that itch and burn. Um, things like baby diaper rash cream helps it. It heals it like a Band-Aid, but it's just a, a Band-Aid. Like, you know, if you ever get a cut and you put a Band-Aid on it, it's only going to last for so long. Um, it, it, you need more. And so as I phase out of hospital care, long haulers need support. They need guidance. They need recovery. All of the children that are experiencing this right now, they might feel like they have a disability, not like their friend Tom or Joe or Kim next door. So they might feel a little outcast. Um, and that's not fair because this is something that happened to them. It, and, you know, it happened for them in a way, too, so that they could share their voice. So there's a whole new diagnosis. And I'm not a medical professional, but I am part of a medical uh, patient-led research team that I have shared my healing recovery symptoms diagnosis with doctors and um, healthcare providers and a scientist, um, University College of London, Indiana University School of Medicine, um, Mayo Clinic, Mount Sinai. I've been part of their studies and I participated in changing the way that an opt-in goes for when you're being admitted into the hospital, that your intake form will be different than someone else that has a broken foot. Also, it'll be different from your discharge paper of the symptoms that you are feeling, whether it be the, the vibrations, the heart palpitations, the uh, brain fog, the tremors. Um, uh, the list goes on. There's, there's like a hundred different long haulers and it's still in discovery. So I want you to know it's not in your head. 
and COVID wellness is going to be that light for you to help you. And that is what I'm looking to do in the future is create COVID wellness for uh, support, recovery, and wellness guidance for spouses, children, yourself, and families, because I think it's going to be needed. Absolutely amazing. Now, tell us more about a time in your life where you experienced an aha moment. Geez, I've had lots of aha moments. I, you know, I, <laughs> this is going to sound funny. You know, growing up, there wasn't a person that probably didn't watch Oprah. And I remember watching Oprah and I still use the phrase today, you get a car and you get a car and you get a car. <laughs> and I think that how that taught me about giving forward, giving back and the fun that it could be. And that was a really a huge aha moment for me that I could give somebody hope and light and give back to them. And it's like, you get hope and you get hope and you get hope. And, and I just, I, that for that, that whole thing will always stick in my head because I think that how it was so inspiring and it, you know, it helped a lot of people. And, and it's, it's like a classic. I, I just love it. And I think a lot of people use that, you know, when they're like, you get a TV and you get a TV and you get a TV or you get a book and you get a book and you get a book. And I think people just use it and it brings joy and smile and laughter. And humor is so important when you're healing. And I try to find humor every day and um, along with gratitude, but humor has been so healing. And I think that a lot of people can resonate with that. Amen. Humor is truly healing. Yes, ma'am. Now, Maya, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? Well, there's a few things I would tell you. Um, I'm still on that search of path and journey. I can't tell you that I'm an expert, but here are some of the things that I've done that's helped me to um, align with a higher being and purpose. I had to retrain my brain because I lost my memory for a month. And I'm struggling with reading right now, um, you know, putting sentences together because one, it's the tiny prints and my brain fog um, gets me uh, a little um, confused sometimes. However, writing down and journaling, it doesn't have to be perfect. The spelling doesn't have to be perfect. Nothing has to be perfect when you're journaling. It's just your thoughts and you're just dumping thoughts, right? So journal dump. I think another thing is joining a congregation, joining a group of people that um, resonate with you, that you can pull from energy and light and hope. Having that collaboration with people that re are relatable will give you a pedestal, a platform, to, uh, a sounding board for you to be able to collaborate and share your journey and story. And you'll also have somebody that gives a shit. So um, it's important to talk to people in a congregation. Another thing that I did that I wasn't really good at doing in the past because I'm a type A personality and I'm independent. And when COVID put me on my back, I had to ask for help. I had to accept help and I had to appreciate it. Asking for help, taking it and then using it and thanking your community for it are all different things. So make sure that you ask for help and take the help. That's what I would add. Amen. Ask for help and take the help. Very powerful. Maya, thank you for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. Now, where can the audience find you? 
thank you so much. Uh, I had a fun time sharing. I hope it inspired a few people, um, at least maybe one. Um, I know it's always inspiring to me um, to meet new friends like you, Gigi, and to lift others up in my path of recovery and journey because this has happened for me, not to me, and I'm embracing that. I invite people to join me at mymcnulty.com. Um, my books are available there. And if you'd like to schedule an appointment to learn more or even share your story, you're welcome to book a call with me on mymcnulty.com. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Maya at mymcnulty.com. And Maya, thank you again for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. You have a blessed day. Thank you. It was so much fun. I really, I feel really good. And the energy is really beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome.